Well, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to hear from you, to receive from you, to experience you. We thank you that we are gathered here tonight to just connect with your mind, to experience oneness with your heart. Thank you, God, that it's already an established fact, our union, our oneness. It's an established, finished fact. But God, I thank you that it's it's meant to be more than a fact. I thank you that it's meant to be an experience. Thank you, God, that the gospel is meant to be experienced. Thank you that it's just not meant to be a story. It's not meant to be a theory. But God, it's meant to be a reality. And so we're just going to enter into that reality tonight and we're going to, we're going to tap in to the mystery. (laughs) Tap into the mystery of Christ in you. We're going to tap into the mysteries of the kingdom, God. We're going we're gonna to tap into the inheritance, that inexhaustible inheritance, the inexhaustible riches that are in Christ Jesus, God. I thank you that we don't have to operate naturally. I thank you that we have a, a higher way of existing, God. We have a, a higher way of being, God, that is divine, we are a partaker of your very nature. We are, we are not independent of you, even when we are not aware of you. And so we just uh, enter into this place tonight of revelation, of experiential truth, of a gnosko knowing, <laughs> an experiential knowing God of, of truth that sets us free. So I just yield right now to your mind. I just, just, just yield my members to you, God, as an instrument of righteousness. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. Do what only you can do, Holy Spirit, which is to make this message personal. Make this a personal message for every listener, God, whether they are here in person tonight or whether they are listening to the podcast, this is a message. This is a prophetic declaration for you, whoever you are right now that's listening. This is a personal word. This is a word in due season for you. I just declare that, God, and I thank you that the Holy Spirit is able to make this multidimensional. <laughs> He's able to just unpack this in, in a way, Father, that it is, it is personal to every listener. I thank you that you are the teacher, Holy Spirit, and so we just rely on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, recently I reformatted the way that we're delivering the podcast, and we are now doing episodes. And so tonight's uh, message is episode three, and the title of the message is called Next Level Thinking. And I really believe that it's going to be a continuation of what I've been talking about in episodes one and one and two, but I also believe it's a standalone exhortation and a standalone 
I hear the Lord say masterpiece, but that's not because that I'm coming up with it. That's because he's the originator of it. And so that's what I hear. It's a standalone masterpiece. And I really believe that if you will make it a point to not just hear what I'm saying tonight, but implement the things that I'm talking about tonight, then you are going to experience another level. You're going to experience an upgrade. Uh, in James, it, it talks in chapter one, it talks about that, you know, people that hear the word and don't do the word. What happens when you do that? When you just hear the word, you hear teaching and you don't act on it. It says that you fall into something, I'm paraphrasing it, but you fall into something called self-deception. And self-deception, it compares this to an analogy. It has an analogy. It's a really good analogy. It says that it's like, like you're someone who goes and looks at yourself in the mirror, but then you forget your own reflection. You forget what manner of man you are. Let me just read this so that I'm not paraphrasing it, although the paraphrase is good because it helps you understand it. But let's go over to James really quick. And let me start with that tonight. We're going to go to James chapter 1. It says this, verse 22. This is the Passion Translation. It says, don't just listen to the word of truth and not respond to it. For that is the essence of self-deception. So always let his word become like poetry written and fulfilled by your life. Verse 23 says, if you listen to the word and don't live out the message you hear, you become like the person who looks in the mirror of the word to discover the reflection of his face in the beginning. It says, verse 24, you perceive how God sees you in the mirror of the word, but then you go out and forget your divine origin. But those who set their gaze deeply into the perfecting law of liberty are fascinated by and respond to the truth they hear and are strengthened by it. They experience God's blessing in all that they do. So I want to begin just by encouraging you to make tonight's message your own. I tell you, one of the biggest problems that we face in the age that we live in is distraction. We are overwhelmed, inundated, in fact, with information. We, we can, we can, we carry around these devices, sleep with them next to our head, sit with them at the dinner table. You know, we have access to every answer, pretty much of every question you could ask. We can just Google it. We can go through, you know, and connect with people all over the world through social media. And so we have access to the, to the most information, but yet we have some of the most debilitating problems. And it's not the information, I'm just going to keep on this point, it's not the information that you know that transforms your life. It's not the word of God that you've memorized <laughs> that, that changes your life. It is, it is the truth that you have assimilated. It is the knowledge that has, 
been, it's the revelation that has become your own revelation. And that revelation, by the way, you know it's your own when you have the fruit of it. When you have the manifestation of that truth in your life. When you have the manifestation of prosperity, then you know that that, that, that message, the word of, of prosperity has been assimilated into your being. When you have the, the manifestation of divine health, when you have the manifestation of, of any promise, of any, any message, that's when you know you have it because you know the tree by its fruit. You know the tree by its fruit. And so I'm saying this today because it's not, I say this all the time to eMERGE students. I say it's not the quantity of word that you know. It's the quality of the word you know. And this is kind of a long introduction to tonight's message, but the whole point of it is to say, don't just be a hearer. Don't just listen and not act on it. And one of the, one of the biggest reasons we don't act on it is because we're distracted. And we're listening to 20 different things, 20 different messages at one time. We're multitasking. And the truth is you need to focus. You need to focus. We need to focus on what God is speaking to us, to on focus on what God is doing in our lives. And, and just to piggyback off episode one and two, we need to focus on the goals that God has set for us. And there aren't 50. Why? Because it's impossible to focus on 50. Right? There, there is something that God, there is something specific that God is doing in your life right now. There is a lesson that he is, he is, he is teaching you right now. There is a manifestation of something Jesus died for you to have that he is asking you to believe for the manifestation of right now. Now I'm going to refresh for those of you that haven't listened to the other podcasts, I'm going to refresh really quickly where we are. Coming into, you know, gosh, October or so, God spoke to me about the last quarter of 2018. And here's what happens about this time of year. Right now, when we're recording this podcast, it's, it's, we're entering into the holidays. This is going to be Thanksgiving week. And here's what happens when we enter into the holidays. We start gearing up for the next year. We start, gear, in this case, gearing up for 2019. And while there's nothing wrong with that, what happens is, is that we completely lose our, our expectation of God doing something today and of God doing something this week and of God doing something before the end of the year. And beloved, there, are, I, we have dummied down God to, to our size. And the reality of it is, is that all things are possible and God, is calling us to believe for impossible things because impossible things are what give him glory. You you achieving something or you doing something that you can actually do on your own, there's no manifestation of Jesus' victory in that. It's just a natural approach to life. And so coming into October, God said, you know, that, that, that 2018, that we're in the ninth inning of 2018, and that it wasn't too late to knock it out of the ballpark. That it didn't matter how far behind you are on the New Year's resolutions that you set way back in January. It doesn't matter how far behind you are in the things that God has 
asked you to believe for, for 2018 in this case. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, you know, three years from now, I don't know, Holy Spirit may bring it to you. The year and the time is not the point. The point is, is that today is the day of salvation. That today is a day of miracles. That today is a day when all things are possible. Today is the day of breakthrough. Today is the day for a manifestation of heaven on earth. And what happens specifically, let me bring it back to today, when we enter into the holidays is we just begin, we just start to get focused on next year. And we, we, we look at the new year like there's this new beginning. But every day is a new beginning. And, and the problem is, is that we many times are either focused on the past or we're living in the future, worrying about the future. And so we end up having this really crazy relationship with time. And the reality of it is, is that you, as a joint heir with Jesus, as someone who lives inside of God, who lives and moves and has their being inside of God, as someone who has been translated from the kingdom of darkness and and placed in Christ, you have dominion over time. Time is a created entity. If you go back in Genesis chapter 1 and you just look at the creation story, you know, in the beginning God said, let there be light, and then he separated the light and the day, and you just keep going about, you know, day 1, day 2, day 3. A few days into it, you're going to come and find where God created seasons. He created time. Time is a created thing. And so when God blessed Adam and Eve and said, Be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth. Take dominion. Well, because it's a dominion over all of the work of God's hands, the cattle, the sea, all of it, time is also something that we have dominion over. That's why when we see a healing miracle, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to wait 12 weeks for a bone to heal. You can speak healing to a bone in the name of Jesus in faith and time gets completely overridden and the the bone comes back to new instantaneously. And why am I saying this? I'm saying this because I'm wanting, God, not me, God is wanting us to have an expectation that We are not living naturally, that we are living supernaturally. And he wants, Jesus said this, when I return, will I find faith in the earth? Will there be believers in the earth that are believing me for impossible things? And here's here's the reason this is so, so important. I mean, I could go on and on with scripture after scripture, but the just are supposed to live by faith. And the reality of it is, is that a large percentage of the body of Christ is not living by faith. They're living as carnal Christians. They're living according to their physical senses. They're living according to what they can see, what they can taste, what they can touch, what they can hear, what they can feel. And we are not called to live according 
to our physical senses. We are called to live by faith. We are called to not walk by sight. We're called to walk by faith, not by sight. This means that we are supposed to live. We're supposed to, to go through our life based upon something that you can't see with your physical eyes, based on instructions that you can't hear with your natural ears. We are called to live above the world system by another way of functioning, a higher way of functioning. And when we function this way, this is how the impossible becomes possible. It becomes possible because we are connected with the realm, the unseen realm, where all things are possible. Where all things are possible. So, I want to say a few things. We can't live by faith and our feelings at the same time. See, you can't feel the thing God is asking you to believe. You can't check the way it feels to determine if it is true. Faith is, is, is a, faith doesn't operate according to feeling. It operates at a higher level than feeling. And so for the first thing that you need to, to, to real, to figure out, to ask God to, to receive is what lesson is he teaching you? What is he asking you to manifest? What stronghold in your life is he wanting to break out, break you out of? When I say stronghold, you know, strongholds are ways of thinking. They're mindsets. They are mindsets that keep us, keep us trapped in a way of being. They keep us trapped in a way of, of operating. And so the, the first question is, what, what, do you, what are you wanting me to believe? What are you asking me to believe, God? And whatever he's asking you to believe, that's the goal. And there is a goal that he's asking you to believe for this, for this year. And I would just want to throw some out there. <laughs> debt freedom by 2018, by the end of the year. Completely having your debts totally paid off. Now, depending on how much debt you have, that may seem like a complete impossibility or that may seem like no big deal. But why not? The manifestation of your divine health, where the doctor's report is completely reversed and you are no longer dealing with symptoms. And these are just a few things that God may be saying. Some type of financial goal in your business, a prosperity, a goal in your business, a goal in a, just, just, you name it. But it needs to be God-sized. It needs to be God-sized. Now, I want to talk about the very, the most important, I think, thing we miss. I want to talk about the way that you dominate time. And I want to talk about the way that God sees your goal. Okay, I'm calling it your goal when actually it's God's goal. 
You know, a lot of times we write down goals and they're goals that the things that we're going to achieve. But this is, go- these are goals that you, th- these are goals you're going to uh, believe. These are goals you are going to receive. And it doesn't mean that there's not going to be anything for you to do. It just means that you're not going to do it in and of yourself. So let me say this again. These are not (laughs) the things that God is saying, this thing that the lesson he's learning, the thing that he's asking you to do is not, it's not a goal that you achieve. It's a goal that you believe and it's a goal that you receive, that you receive. Now, In Abraham's case, I'm just going to use Abraham as an example. How many of you know the goal for Abraham was for him to have a child? Well, technically Sarah was going to have the child, but here he is impotent, and Sarah's past the age of having kids. She's gone through menopause. But yet the goal that God spoke to them, the prophecy... You can think of it, it was a goal, but it was spoken in a prophetic language. And he said, you're going to be the father of a nation, Abraham. You're going to be the father of a multitude. Right? So there, there Abraham has the goal. He has the, he has the goal. But and how many of you know Abraham tried to achieve it? Abraham, right? Slept with the servant girl, Hagar, tried to make that thing happen. But that was, that was the arm of the flesh. That was, that was Abraham making God's will come to pass in his life or trying to on his own. And that's what we normally do when we think about goals. First of all, usually we don't set them impossible like, like this goal, you know, like to have a child when you're, when you're barren. We don't even think of those. We just, you know, dummy it down to our size. And then we do try to do it in our own strength. And think about this. We struggle with those goals. And here God's trying to get us to not even believe him for goals that we can do. But see, God's perspective on goals, God's perspective on what he wants to do in your life is completely different than the way we walk through time. And it is a massive deception. It's as much a deception as your feelings. It's as much a deception as us thinking that what we can see and what we can, let me say it this way, what we can perceive with our natural, natural five physical senses is, is all that there is. That's a complete deception. It came with the fall. That deception, and we are trapped. Many of us are just trapped in the, in the current circumstance and the current situation, thinking this is the way it actually, this is all there is. This is just the way it's going to be. And so we never connect to the unseen realm. We never connect to this realm, not only where all things are possible, but this realm where all things already exist. It's a realm where everything that God is ever going to do for you is already finished. From God's perspective, your destiny has already been fulfilled. From God's perspective, the goal he's trying to get you just to agree to has already been achieved. Because from his perspective, 
It's all finished. Now, I could go to a lot of different scriptures, and maybe I will, that talk about this concept. The one thing that I really, it blows my mind. I'm just going to, it's a little bit of a rabbit trail, but it's worth taking. Because it relates to just even the way that we perceive ourselves and the way we hear the gospel, right? Sometimes I wish the Bible was in chronological order because I feel like it'd be easier to understand. But if you were going to do that, you would actually have to put Ephesians before Genesis. You would have to have to put, you know, John chapter 1, where it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, right? You'd have to put that chapter before Genesis, because the New Testament describes things that happened before time began. It describes things that happened before God said, let there be light. There's all kinds of scriptures in the New Testament that talked about God's intention and God's perspective on things that were finished before the foundation of the world. In Ephesians chapter 1, it says that you were chosen to be homeless. You weren't chosen to be homeless. I don't know where that came from. You were chosen to be holy and blameless. Put it together. Kind of sounds like homeless. But anyway, you were, you were chosen to be holy and blameless in his sight. When? Before the foundation of the world. It says that you were recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. This is in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It says that were preordained, predestined before the foundation of the world. There are scriptures. In Revelation chapter 13, I believe it's verse 8, it says that the Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. And so there are there's a whole bunch of stuff that happened before the foundation of the world. And let me say this. From God's perspective, you were in Christ before you were born. From God's perspective... You're, the works that you were born to do, that you're still trying to figure out and receive and understand what they are, from God's perspective, they were finished. In Ephesians 2.10, again, in the Amplified Version, it says that he not only prepared good works for you, but that he prepared paths ahead of time that you would walk in them. So that means that he also prepared the plan. He prepared the actual path that you would take To fulfill the works, which by the way, these works are the goals, these works are these supernatural things, these impossible things that God has destined you and ordained for you to do. He prepared those things before time began. I mean, you should go and read Ephesians and just look at it and be like, wow, this stuff happened before time began. Now this messes with your mind. It kind of reminds me of that, that I mean, I I like this movie. I like movies like this. Some people don't like movies like this, but it reminds me of that movie Inception. And the reason I like movies like that is because it kind of gives you a glimpse into how time is relative. If you've never seen the movie, it's incredible. It talks about they go to these different planets, and when they go to one planet, like in a faraway galaxy, it's like spending five minutes on that planet. Oh, Interstellar, what would I say? Oh, Inception. Thank you. I'm getting corrected. Same director. Same director. Great director. I love his movies. But so Interstellar, let me, thank God this is a live thing because if I was just, if I was just recording this in my little studio, then I wouldn't get corrected, but Interstellar. But anyway, in Interstellar, here's what happens. They go to this one planet 
And in earth years, five minutes on this planet is like, I don't know the exact conversion, but we're just going to make one up. It's like 70 years on earth, five minutes on this planet. Why? I mean, I can't explain the science behind it right at this moment. But the point is, is that time is relative. And when we, and that's just, that's just in space. That's just in the created universe. Time is not, we don't, we aren't, rev, our relationship to time needs, is, is such a, an area that our mind needs to be renewed. Because from God's perspective, things are done that we're still walking out in time. There's another part in this movie, Ellis Interstellar, which is pretty cool because the whole thing, and I don't want to give the movie away, but the whole movie is basically this kind of mind trip where they're experiencing things in the present that happened in the future. And again, without going and giving the movie away, that it is it is massive it is a massive mind trip when you start to realize that God sees things differently. And I the, the rabbit trail I was going to take was just talking about you know a lot of time in the in the presentation of the gospel people start with the fall of Adam. And so they 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 start with this this concept that oh you know we are we're fallen mankind is fallen that we're a fallen species because of what happened in Adam but the reality of it is is that we were chosen in Christ before we were ever in Adam from God's perspective we were chosen before we fell I mean talk about a mind trip and talk about a different way of looking at the gospel. It tells you what the original intent of God is. Was that we would be in Christ. He, he you know, we, Jesus wasn't plan B for the fall. Jesus was plan A. Now let me get back to this idea of, of us seeing things the way God sees them. So if from God's perspective, it's already done, he's asking you to see it is already done. So that's what it means to believe it. That's what it means to receive it. When you receive it is already done, when you believe it is already done, The only thing that's left is the manifestation. And the manifestation happens inside of time. I'm going to say that again. The manifestation happens inside of time. Although it's already finished in the unseen realm. It's already finished In the eternal realm. It's already finished from God's perspective. And so I'm going to stop here and I'm going to pray that God would enlighten the eyes of your understanding right now that there would be a a switch that would be turned on in your understanding. That you would, from this moment forward, whether it is just a picture that God gives you, if it's a, 
if it's a, however, Lord, you know how each and every listener processes. You know how they, how they learn. You, you know how to grab, how to get, how they grasp kind of, uh, intangible concepts, God. Things that are kind of, they're just a, little bit beyond maybe our, our natural ability to understand, God. But I thank you that the Holy Spirit makes things clear. And so, Lord, however that needs to happen for every listener, God, I just release that right now in Jesus' name. So let me say this again. I'm just going to harp this point because this, let me just say this. This is the key to manifestation. This is the key to you experiencing the next level of manifestation in your life. It's the key that unlocks what is real in the spirit to becoming real in the physical realm. And the way that works, let me just say it again, is that you are not achieving this goal. You are not You're not working to fulfill the prophecy that God has spoken over your life. You're not doing this in and of your own strength. You you are believing it. And to believe it and to receive it, it means that you see it done. You see it from God's perspective. So practically, in Abraham's case, we'll just keep going with that, it meant that Abraham needed to believe and receive that it was already done. Which is exactly why God told, changed his name. That's exactly why he told Abraham to go out and look at the stars and look at the sand. He was telling him, get in agreement, Abraham. You are who I say you are right now. Right now, believe this and receive this. Don't wait for the child to be born. Don't wait for Sarah to get pregnant. Go ahead and believe it. It's already finished from my perspective. So just get in agreement with it. So what this looks like practically for you, and I'm just, you know, I mean, this could be anything, right? It means that you are speaking in agreement with it already being done, and you are visualizing it already being done. Abraham is the father of faith. He is the father of faith. And this he is known for. You know what he's known for? He's known for believing God. He's known for receiving the impossible by faith. He's the father of faith because he received the impossible by faith. And we are believers. We are called believers. We could also be called receivers. We are receivers. We are not achievers. We are believers and we are receivers. And the uh, the fight, oh my gosh, the fight. The fight is to believe. What what are we believing? That it's already done. The fight is to believe that it's already done. 
You know, I did a Facebook Live this week, and if you haven't joined my my private Facebook group, you can search on it. It's just called The Path to Purpose with Shalise. And I do Facebook Lives there. It's a community, really, that I built around people that are reading my book. If you haven't got my book, you need to go to thepathfreebook.com and download a copy of my book. But I did a Facebook Live this week, and honestly, I feel like I could do the same Facebook Live on any topic. (laughs) I really feel like I could. And it would be the same Facebook Live. This week, I did it on healing, but I could have done it on, I could have done it on prosperity. I could have done it, I could have done it on anything. Sin. I could have done deliverance. I could have done it on anything. Because the very first point that I make, is, and I'll just do what I said on the Facebook Live. I said, God's done everything that he's going to do about your healing. Now listen, there are so many bad theology, there's so much bad theology around healing. Like we actually act like that God's doing, like, I don't know, doing something when we pray for healing for someone. When what's actually happening is just a manifestation of what he's already done. It's it's a manifestation of what Jesus accomplished. Jesus accomplished in time on the cross. He became sickness. He became sin. He became poverty. He became the curse on the cross. He became this. Let me just say this. I mean, think about what he became. He became everything that is not like heaven. If it doesn't exist in heaven, okay, then it's a result of the fall. And all of that stuff, depression, anxiety, all of the results of the fall, Jesus became on the cross. You're like, well, surely if he became these things, why, why are we still experiencing them? Because the kingdom of God is an invisible reality. And right now, in the age that we live in, it's an invisible reality. Do I believe it's going to be a, you know, a tangible physical reality, meaning Jesus is coming back? Yes, I do. But until that happens, guess what? You know where the kingdom is? You know where this invisible heaven lives? Inside of you. It lives in the realm of the church. It lives inside of the body of Christ. And so if what Jesus accomplished is going to manifest, how's it going to manifest? If it's this invisible reality, it's already done. Everything he's going to do about your it's already done. How's it going to happen? It's going to happen because a believer, let me say this, speaks it into existence or does an act of faith that causes it to manifest. That's why the prayer of faith shall save the sick. It's why we pray in Jesus' name. We're commanding what Jesus purchased with his blood to manifest. Now, why am I saying this? Because the whole point I'm making, I'm still making the same point, that from God's perspective, it's done. I get that we are walking out this, the manifestation of this inside of time. I get that we are not necessarily experiencing the fullness of what Jesus purchased for us. There's no condemnation in that. 
You know what it means? It means that we need to renew our minds. It means that we need a new level of thinking. Because here's what we know. We know if Jesus incarnate was just right here in our midst, that if he was standing here in the middle of a meeting tonight, we know that if he prayed for somebody, it would manifest. We know that if he spoke to the bread, it would multiply. We know that when, why? Because he's, he's not oper, he, he's, he's operating in perfect faith. There's no unbelief. Just faith. Just faith. Now I could take this another way, but you're gonna have to, you'll have to watch the Facebook live for the rest of that because I don't want to get off of the point. I am gonna go there though in some different episodes because really there's, in the case of healing, there's only one belief you have to believe. Devil makes it so complicated. <laughs> there's like a million ways to unbelieve and only one remedy. I'm telling you, there's like a million ways to unbelieve, but there's always one answer. I'll give it just because it's going to leave you hanging if I don't. And the answer is you're believing in Jesus. It's all Jesus. Here's what happens. Well, because the devil makes it about you. He makes it, oh, well, you don't have enough faith. He makes it about you. You don't deserve it. You're unworthy. I mean, he makes it about, um, you You know what? You spoke for 60 years. Who are you to ask for healing from lung cancer? He makes it about a million things. You ate that diet. You deserve this. He runs in your family. See, there's no, I mean, a million, th- I mean, just a million ways to not believe. That's why Paul said, <laughs> When I was among you, I determined that I would know nothing except Christ crucified. This is sickness versus the cross. This is all that it is. And the devil makes it about a million things besides the cross. And when you pray, this isn't about you. This is about nothing. This is about Jesus. This is Jesus, 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 Jesus. I know that sounds easy. It also sounds too too easy. But self-consciousness, self-righteousness is all, is, is the number one hindrance to manifestation. Self-consciousness is being conscious of yourself. Self-righteousness is trying to earn it. Trying to make it about you, you being good or you being bad. The law. Man, that's a whole, I mean, I can go so deep in this but I'm going to go back to my assignment tonight and the point that it's done. The point that it's done. It's done. Now listen, this is the fight of your life to believe this. <laughs> this is not, If this was easy, everybody would have it. I'm not saying, it's easy in the sense that it's just a simple believing it's done. It's simple. That's how it's simple. But saying it and dealing with all of the distractions and the, the ways of thinking that, that draw us back into thinking we don't have it because we can't see it in the natural is, is what it means. That's, the, that's what the fight of faith is. The fight of faith is to believe you have something that you don't have. <laughs> the fight of faith is to see something you can't see. I'm going to say it again. The fight of faith is to have something you don't have. It's to see something you can't see. And it's not natural. 
It's not natural. I can't see it. I don't have it. What are you talking about, Shalise? But the reality is the unseen realm created the seen realm. It's the more powerful realm. So we have to see what we can't see. We have to have what we can't, what it looks like we don't have. You guys, we do this all the time. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Do we doubt that we have the Holy Spirit? No. I mean, maybe you do if, you know, I don't know, you aren't established in that truth. I guess you could doubt anything. But most of us are beyond the place, or we're not thinking we're not saved. Well, show me the proof. Give me proof right now that you're saved. Well, I mean, I say I'm saved. I said it. Well, how do I know? I can't, you know, I mean, right? It's, it's, we're constantly putting our trust in things we can't see. Heck, we do it in the natural. We get in, how many of you go on an airplane this year? For the last 10 years, right? You got in a plane. You can't see how that thing goes, takes off off the ground. <laughs> I mean, you put your faith in this, the, the law of lift. You can't look outside the window and see the law of lift. But the law of lift is working. And we put our faith in it by getting on the airplane. Okay, I want to just come back to this point. The fight of faith is having what you don't have. It's seeing what you can't see. And all that... Hebrews chapter 4 is talking about when it says those who do believe have entered into rest. All it's talking about are the idea that you rest when you can see it. You're at rest when you have it. That's what rest is. Rest is knowing it's finished. You, why are you resting? Because it's finished. I don't need to, I don't need to do anything. What's my labor to enter into rest? I'm working to have what I don't have. I'm working to believe. I'm working to see what I can't see. That's the work of a believer. That's the work. Now, granted, are there things you're going to do? Absolutely, there's things you're going to do, but not you're going to do it out of rest. We work from rest. We work to get into rest. And we, we stay in rest while we do whatever it is we need to do. I, I mean, guess what? There were some things, let me just say it this way. There were some things that Abraham had to do in the natural. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Him and Sarah had to have relations. <laughs> if she, I mean, granted, Mary didn't have to have relations. The Holy Spirit came on Mary. So, I mean, God may say, hey, you know, he came to Mary, the Immaculate Conception. So, but, you know, Mary still had to have the baby. There were some natural, there are natural things that we do. If you go back and read Genesis chapter 1, I mean, guess what? God did some natural things. He took and formed Adam out of the dirt. He worked with his hands. But he didn't work with his hands before he spoke. He didn't work with his hands before, you know, faith was an operation. You know what, you know what working without faith is? Toil. Which is part of the curse. It's working by human effort. It's the sweat of your brow. And we are called to do things supernaturally. To believe for impossible things. 
and to do things supernaturally. So what am I saying? I'm saying that it's time to come off of, out of carnality. It's time to get off of our feelings. It's time to get off of, not that we, not that you shouldn't feel your feelings and not that you don't want to make room for, you know, emotional health and those things. I, I'm just telling you that your feelings cannot tell you the truth. You know what we do with our feelings? We feel them. We don't stuff them and we aren't, we don't get led by them, but we feel them. Feelings can be like the weather. Feelings always are tied to whatever you're thinking. <laughs> whether you know you're thinking it or not, <laughs> whether it's a subconscious thought or a conscious thought, your feelings are tied to thoughts. So if you are thinking with the mind of Christ, you'll have good thoughts. If you're thinking with your unrenewed, you know, messed up mind, you might have some sad feelings. So your feelings are variable. <laughs> And they don't necessarily tell you the truth. It's time to just get off of living according to our physical senses only. And to move into the realm where we can actually receive and believe in something that you can't perceive with your natural senses. And to believe that it is finished, that your destiny is finished, that what God is asking you to manifest this year, this month, this week, today is finished. Believers, being a believer, let me say this, it's a full-time job. Faith is not a place we visit. It's a way we live. And if we aren't living by faith, if we aren't living according to our inheritance that is in Christ and, and the promises that God has just lavished us with, that we are living, we're living like a slave, we're living like a pauper, we're living like an orphan, we're living like someone who has not been recreated in Christ. And there's no condemnation for where you are, because guess what? We all started there. And most of us just haven't, we haven't majored on some of this. We haven't majored on it. We haven't been taught. Let me just read this scripture that I've been meditating on in 1 Corinthians 2.12. It says this, For we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. Man, that's good. The Passion Translation so good. I love the way it says that we didn't receive the Spirit of this world. We received the Holy Spirit, right? It says so that we can come to understand and experience all the all that grace has lavished upon us. That's uh, 1 Corinthians 2.12 in the Passion Translation. Let me read this one, Ephesians 1.3 in the Passion Translation. It says, everything heaven contains has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, all because he sees us wrapped into Christ. So these are two beautiful scriptures that talks about the stuff that's been lavished upon us. Well, if it's been lavished upon us, where is it? Where is all the stuff that heaven contains that's been lavished upon us? 
Well, the Holy Spirit has been given to us, not the spirit of the world. The Holy Spirit's been given to us so that we can understand what's been lavished on us and we can experience what's been lavished on us. And so this message tonight is about this understanding. It's about you coming into a place of next-level thinking, understanding, next-level understanding, so you can have next-level experience, so that you can have next-level manifestation. And I can tell you right now, I mean, I just can, I can feel it. Just whoever's listening, I can feel the low-level living that some of you have been living. And let me say this, it is miserable. It's miserable to be trapped in time. It's miserable to be trapped by your physical senses and your circumstances. And it's, a, it's hopeless. But you are not without hope. The gospel of Jesus Christ <laughs> is a reality. It's a reality. So good. So good. I'm going to read another scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, 9. that just talks about this, and I, I, I could bring up my notes here too. But just of all that Jesus has done for us, all that is finished, it's just, it's so finished. And so we have got to get out of this deception that it's not. Because it's when we con- when we connect to the reality that the future is not the future from God's perspective. That the future is now from God's perspective. It's just always. It's the future, the past. It's just this continuum. It's, it's now. And when we can connect to that, well, guess what? We will experience it. What we believe is what we experience. Negatively and positively. What we believe. What we believe. And you know how you believe? You focus. You focus. You focus. You focus. You focus. You focus. I remember reading this not too long ago. See, the word of God, the reason it's like a mirror, is because it tells us what's in the invisible realm. It tells us what belongs to us. It tells us who we are. It's the mirror. It's a reflection. It says it's a reflection. It's a reflection of us. It's a reflection of this unseen realm. It's a reflection. It shows us what's there. And so when we take the word of God, see, here's what happens. The word of God is also alive. I mean, the word of God is not like just any old talk. It's alive. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Dividing what? Soul and spirit. Dividing natural and spiritual. And so when we take the word of God and we eat it, it's our, it's our daily bread, it's our nourishment. We take the gospel and we eat it. How do we eat it? We just meditate on it. We think about it. We, we, we focus on it. You know what happens? The image of the word becomes the image inside. It's, it's a way that our minds get renewed. It's, it's, it's why God told Joshua to meditate on the things that he had spoken day and night. See, you're already thinking about something. The question is, well, you know, you're going to think. I mean, some of us just, I tell you, it's hard to turn our brains off, isn't it? 
to go to bed at night. Why? Because we're thinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. Wake up in the middle of the night, thinking, thinking, thinking. Wake up out of bed, thinking, thinking, thinking. A lot of it's stinking, stinking, stinking. Thinking, thinking, thinking. I mean, we're not thinking on purpose. We're not thinking next level. We're not, we're, we're, we're thinking junk. Complete junk. And we have no self-control, no self-mastery, no self-discipline in the realm of our thought life. And we wonder why we have what we have in our life. You want to know what you have, what you have in your life? Because of what you're thinking. And when God was taking Joshua into the promised land, which, by the way, that was a prophetic word. You know what he did? He took him up in Joshua chapter, oh, I have to look it up. In the beginning of the book of Joshua, he takes him up to Jericho, and he says to him, this is before they're going in, right? They're not, they aren't in the promised land. Let me go there really quick. Let me pull it up in my Bible. Let me go to Jericho. Let me get in um, a different translation. I'll just go to the NIV because the Passion doesn't have an Old Testament. But we'll go to, let's go to Joshua, and I'm going to go um, right before, this is right before they're going to go take Jericho, right? So God's been telling him, meditate, chapter 1, verse 8, he's like, meditate on my word day and night. Meditate on the prophecy that I've given you. So, I mean, this, you know, taking Jericho had been prophesied. And so, then we go, I think it's Joshua 4. No, Joshua, let's try Joshua 5. Here we go. No, let's try Joshua 6. I'm going to find it. Okay, verse 6. I mean, chapter 6. It says, this is, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets and ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. So this is a perfect example of God's telling, telling Joshua, see it done. Okay, see Jericho over here? Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hands and its mighty kings and its mighty men. So he's telling Joshua, see it done. After that, after that, that's when he gave him a strategy. He gave him a strategy. There were some natural things to do. Okay, guess what? You're going to march. He had to march, had to blow some trumpets, had to shout, had to show up, had to show up and do some stuff, but not before he saw it done. When you do before you see, you're toiling. But when you see and then you do, you're resting. You're working out of it being done. You're working out of it. Re- and let me tell you, this, this is a, it's a countercultural message. It's a counter, sometimes it, because we haven't renewed our minds, it's a counterintuitive message. We just, by default, we pray the same prayer a hundred times asking God to do something because we had never received it. It's like Joshua was standing there saying, God, give us Jericho. 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 Please, God, give us Jericho. 
Jericho. I just don't want Jericho, God. God, give us Jericho. Praying the same prayer for 40 years. But all the time, God is saying, see it done. I prophesied it to you already. I told you already who you are. I told you what to believe me for. You don't need me to do something. You need to believe it. And how do we believe it? I've said it a million times, but I'll say it again. You see it done. And this is what you're thinking about. This is what you're thinking about. Day and night, night and day, day and night. You know how long you think about it? So you don't have to think about it being undone anymore. When the idea of it being undone no longer pops into your head, (laughs) you're fully persuaded. Fully persuaded. And how many of you know, Abraham didn't start out fully persuaded. You're not going to start out fully persuaded. Guess what? There's no condemnation for that. We're not, we're not, God's not mad because you're not fully persuaded. That's why he's preaching this message tonight. It's to help you get fully persuaded. Romans chapter four is an amazing, amazing story of Abraham being called to be the father of nations and the process of him coming into agreement with God and becoming fully persuaded. I love it in the message translation. I'm not going to read it all of it tonight, but I'll just paraphrase it because here's what it says. It says, when there was no human reason for hope, when there was no reason for human hope, Abraham hoped. That's just powerful. When you have, when there is no human way for this thing that God has spoken over you to come to pass, when there is no human hope for it ever happening, but yet God spoke it, you know what you do? You hope. Now let me tell you what you can't focus on if you're going to hope. Abraham did not focus on his own impotence. He did not focus on the barrenness of Sarah's womb. He didn't say, oh, let me just paraphrase. I can't get it up anymore. I know, I'm just going there. He wasn't looking at his own physical impossibilities. He wasn't looking at how old he was, how old Sarah was. Oh, this can't be possible because Sarah's past shot. She's an old lady now. I believe their faith was working so well. That's why the one king found Sarah so beautiful. Because she was not even looking like her age. It's like time was being reversed because she was believing that she was a mother. Reversing the clock. Reversing her her menstrual cycles and all of that stuff to her body. I mean, I'm saying, right? They didn't consider. They didn't consider themselves. Let me say it again. They did not consider themselves. Do you know how much of our time is wasted in unbelief because we're focused on ourselves? What if Jer- What if Joshua had been up there looking at Jericho like, I can't take this city. I'm a weakling. He was old too. I'm old. I got a backache. I can't. I, there's no way I can do this. That's a tall wall. How am I going to get over that wall? I'm out of shape. I can't do this. But he didn't. He didn't. We aren't looking at. We're not looking at you. It's the same thing I was talking about with healing. This isn't about what you did or what you didn't do. 
This is about God. This is about what Jesus has accomplished. This is about God. And it says, Abraham grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. What does that mean? He's glorified. He's magnified. He's focusing on God. He's seeing it done. And he's not focused on anything but God. And you know what he's doing? He's, he's, he's not meditating on a bunch of nonsense. He's not thinking on a bunch of nonsense. He's focused on mind <laughs> discipline. It says that he became fully persuaded that God was able to do what he had promised. And let me say it a different way. That the manifestation of what Jesus has accomplished is finished. That the man, that what Jesus has done is finished. It's finished. It's finished. It's finished. Fully persuaded. It's finished. Fully persuaded. It's finished. Fully persuaded. It's finished. Amen. And so I want to just give you just a few really simple I don't like to give formulas because they always feel like, you know, it's religion to me if we're not following a person. But I do want to just kind of give you some, I don't know if they're steps, but I think they're going to help you. Sometimes we just need things broken down really, really simple, don't we? I know I do. I, I get distracted just like everybody else, and I just am like, Lord, make it simple. So let me get to my notes here and just... I printed them off, but I can't see. Really light blue print for some reason. So let me get there. Okay, so I want to talk just some steps to getting into faith. Just to getting into faith. Okay, the first thing is, what's the goal? What's the promise? What am I standing for? What am I in faith about? Sometimes we get so distracted and confused, we forget what the goal is. You know, it's easy. Oh my gosh, it's easy just to not even be focused on the goal. But God's doing something specific in your life right now. And it's not up to God how quick it happens. Uh oh. <laughs> it's up to, it's up to what you can believe. It's out what you, it's according to your faith, not according to God's time. I mean, think about it. There's all kinds of scriptures I could talk about that. But I mean, just, you know, the woman with the issue of blood. She said, hey, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. She decided. She decided when, where, and how. And he said, who touched me? Jesus didn't even know. <laughs> who touched me? He was like, somebody touched me. That's how clueless Jesus was. He said, daughter, go in faith. Go in peace, rather. Your faith has made you whole. Okay, so what's the goal? Well, you know, tie that thing to some scripture. I mean, what does the word of God say about that? Have you gotten a word from the Lord? Do you have a prophecy? What's the scripture that you're tying that to? Okay. And then get that in a place where you can see it. Get that in a place where you can... Look at it, and then you're going to want to meditate on that. Meditate on what God said. Meditate on the scripture. Start to visualize it. When I say meditate, use your your eyes. Use the eyes of your spirit. Use the eyes that you can see. 
use those pretty brown eyes, those beautiful blue eyes, shut. (laughs) Shut shut those physical eyes. (sighs) Shut those pretty brown eyes, those blue eyes, whatever color green eyes you have there, and, and see something that's based on what God has spoken. See something that is a visualization of the scripture. Ask the Holy Spirit, enlighten my eyes, show me. What do you want me to see? You said it's done. Give me a give me a imagination here, Holy Spirit. Let me let me see it from your perspective. It's done. Let me see it. Use your imagination. People tell me all the time, well, I, I don't see. I can't see. I'm like, you know what? You worry. You can see. And then you know what? It's start do be like Abraham. Start speaking it out. Say, I am healed. I am debt free. I am, insert whatever it is the goal is. Speak it into existence. Let there be light. Speak according to the image that God is creating inside of you. And then you know what? Take inspired action. What do I mean by that? What the whole, the steps towards the thing that God is telling you is finished. Whatever that is, whatever that is, you just take the action. Be the doer of it. But you're doing it from the place of rest. You're doing it from the place of it being finished. You're not doing it to, to work it. You're doing it to manifest it. <laughs> Does that make sense? Good, good, good little summary there. Now, my last little idea for you tonight is just to put this on repeat. This is one of those messages that is, is honestly, it's elementary. This is, this is the way we're to live. And God, you know, we got to start somewhere. We got to start, we got to use our, we got to start using our faith for something. And you know what? If, if, if the, if the goal that God's got for you, just, you know, start with something smaller. If, if it just, you do something. Do something. So, all right. Let me, let me wrap it up in prayer. So, Father, I thank you for showing us what you are doing in our lives. And I thank you that you're connecting the dots. Thank you, Lord, that you're going to take just this teaching, God, and and just make it very clear, very simple. You're going to use it to renew people's minds. And so I just declare that right now in Jesus' name. I just release next-level thinking. I release upgrades. I release the understanding and the experience that you have for every listener, Father, as a result of this message tonight. And I just declare that it's not just not another good message, God. I just break off this distraction. I don't even know if I can do that, but I'm gonna, in Jesus' name. I just break off this, this insatiable appetite to stay busy and, 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 and focused on a million things so that you're focused on nothing. But you seem like you're co- accomplishing something. I just break that off in Jesus' name, and I just release right now the breakthrough that this teaching is meant to bring in every listener's life. 
And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to encourage you guys, if the podcast is blessing you and God has led you to be listening to his teachings, I really encourage you to go over to my website on chalice.com and support the ministry, support the podcast, support the work that we're doing. Uh, you know, we record this every week here in Woodland Park. And hey, you know what? We have building expenses. We have electricity. We have things that we do. There's expenses in the ministry to make this podcast happen. And when you partner with me, you are partnering in a, in a transformative work that God is doing in the lives of people really all over the world. We have listeners in Africa. We have listeners in, in gosh, the Netherlands. We have, we do, I mean, they, they emailed Canada, just all over, not just in the United States, all over the United States. And I, I just want you to be a part of this. I can tell you this too, that when you sow a seed into the grace that is on my life, guess what? You receive the grace that is on my life. When you, when you honor a prophet, the name of a prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. And I want you to partner in, not just financially with the work that we're doing, but I want you to partner with the grace that is on my life. And because God has called you to do big things. And if you are connected to, to this ministry, to this message, to the gift, which is a gift, I'm a gift for you, then I just encourage you to, to sow seeds generously to support the ministry. You will be blessed as a result. And then also I encourage you, like I said, if you haven't gotten a copy of my book to head on over to thepathfreebook.com, download a copy of the book. And uh, we have, make sure you're on that email list when you do that, because you'll be hearing about the next enrollment phase or the next enrollment period for Emerge and just all of the awesome things that we have coming down the pipe. We've got some big things coming, big plans coming for 2019. And I want you to stay connected. So God bless you. I love you. And I am standing with you for the full manifestation of everything that Jesus Christ died for you to experience. Amen and amen.